0: Hello and welcome to Step and Repeat, a movies and awards show podcast. I am your host, Andrew. And I am your co-host, Matt. And this is our last show of the decade. Oh, of the the decade. It is. Wow. Yeah. We're closing out the decade, hopefully on a high note, with our best and biggest episode yet. Yeah, that's so, the decade. Yeah, <laughs> best of the decade. Exactly. So we are counting down our both our top 10 movies of the decade. So this will give us an opportunity to talk about films that came out before we started the podcast. Yeah. So, which is well, basically before the podcast. Yeah. So basically... Anything from oh, four months two, ago. Yes. Uh, so I mean. this means any movie that came out in between January 1st 2010 to december 31st 2019
1: two days from now something could come out
0: yeah well um this will be airing on the 31st on the last day of the decade i know so uh there hopefully won't be a surprise so if
1: i see something between now and then we can go back and edit
0: and yeah write it over yeah uh of course there are movies like on here that i have not seen so like Sorry, I, <laughs> I just I haven't. I mean, you seen haven't them. seen
1: everything that was released in the past ten years.
0: <laughs> I see a lot of movies too, but not all. Not, not, Actually, that is a pet peeve of mine. When people are like, "You haven't seen this movie," I'm like, "Nope, I'm not against it. Yep. Just hasn't happened." So I, I hate, it. I hate it when people say yep. that.
1: That's why I was peer pressured into watching Indiana Jones for like my whole life. I was like, "You haven't seen Indiana Jones?" And I was like, "Fine." So of course I sat down and watched it, and,
0: and you guess are what? A, I really
1: didn't like it. Well, you go
0: into it with negative attitudes yeah. because of it. It's yeah. like, let you find it on your own time. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Time. You can recommend it. Say, I think it's a great movie. I think you might enjoy it. Watch it if you have the time. Yeah. it's an appropriate yeah. response. Like,
1: but like, especially like people, like people like us, like, oh, you're like a cinephile and you haven't seen this. It's like, dude, I haven't seen everything yet.
0: Yeah. There's more movies than there is time in a lifetime. Yep. So, Sorry. We have lives sometimes. sometimes. (laughs) We have
1: lives outside of film. We have like jobs and stuff.
0: Yeah. And okay. So since this is probably going to take some time to go through, we just want to lay the groundwork for how the top tens are going to work. So Matt and I will go one by one saying our number 10, number 10, number nine, number nine, et cetera, all the way down to number one and the person who goes first gets 3 minutes to talk about the movie and then the other person will have a 1 minute rebuttal so to speak or to you know add their two cents and this whole thing's fluid so like it's not complete monologues we'll cut in from every now and again yeah. but essentially 4 minutes per movie is yeah.
1: and don't get mad at me if i don't cuz a lot of these movies i haven't seen in a long time it's been a couple years or months so i may not remember every single detail of the film but
0: same I mean, bear with
1: us and yeah
0: we're going all the way back to 2010 so yeah yeah it's it's gonna be take some effort to stretch that mental floss mm-hmm. cool I like that uh mental floss exactly okay so did i floss today yes I did. that is a personal question that i don't know the answer to <laughs>
1: uh, the answer is yes i did i flossed this morning <laughs> Take care of your teeth. Take care of them now because you don't want to pay for it later.
0: Agreed. Okay. (laughs) Uh, On that note, (laughs) great segue. Uh, So since on our previous episode of the best of the year, uh, you went first, right? I did, yes. So would you like to continue with that notion or Uh, do you want me to go? Do you want to say Why don't you go first this time? Okay,
1: And I will go second.
0: That works for me. It seems fair.
1: Okay. Okay. And hopefully I won't end on as an emotional note as I did in the last podcast. So.
0: Who um, knows where this is going to take us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh the last disclaimer that I'll have before we kick things off is we're splitting hairs here. Like the movies that we're all listing are all phenomenal movies, like near perfect movies. So at least in our opinion. So like the difference between number 10 and number four is nothing yeah. <laughs> realistically yeah. it's to slap all arb- a number yeah. on and yeah. it's all arbitrary yeah and like
1: even if like like some movies didn't make our top 10 like they could have made like our best of the decade and still like again we had to choose a top 10 and the, the yeah <laughs> our favorites are just like the yeah it's our, just
0: fun they're, like they're just people fun. like lists yeah. i like lists yeah.
1: i like reading lists I like the, doing the amount lists. of time i spent like I, I literally, like, up to the minute of making this podcast, I was trying to decide what went in my top
0: ten. Yeah. I mean, right before we started here, I switched my number four and my number five because yeah. they're that equal to me. And it's yeah. like, but it feels like a cop-out to do it alphabetically, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we won't. Flip a coin, so.
1: Okay. All right, so can I, um, and here we, we go. go.
0: Okay, so my number ten of the year is the movie Gravity from Ooh. 2013. Yeah. And so this is the space epic with Sandra Bullock and George Clooney, directed by Afonso Cuarón. And this is a movie that I fear won't age well for one reason, because this was the movie you had to see in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think some of its effect is a little lost if you watch it in your home. And But even saying that out loud to uh the experiences of watching this movie are so stressful and so at the edge of your seat that it's so fascinating uh and honestly emotional too like Sandra Bullock uh her character has like a great arc with her daughter too uh or the loss of her daughter and uh it gets like very emotional at parts too so it, like I, I feel like it's not just to, to watch for the visual effects which are pretty unparalleled uh but it's like this like fun movie you know going from place to place in outer space i don't care if it's technically accurate how much nasa hates it uh it just everything like works on a narrative level too and if any movie can get me to like like uh, george clooney (laughs) like (laughs) that'll do it yeah that's a success yeah i
1: forgot how much we don't like george clooney because we haven't seen him in a while but
0: and I think Sandra Bullock is much better in this movie than she is in The Blind Side, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she won her Oscar for The Blind Side, mm-hmm. not this, which is mind boggling. Did yeah. uh, yeah, The Blind uh, I
1: can't remember. Blind Side came out before this, right? Yes, yeah. yes. This was,
0: yeah a few years before. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, this was one other uh, scene that uh, one particular scene that I love is the end in the final shots of of Sandra Bullock's character Ryan, and she cut lands finally lands on earth like in in the water and you see her like slowly like get up and walk away uh, from the wreckage uh and like that's how i feel after getting out of bed pretty much every morning so that just is this is like <laughs> really funny no, <laughs> i mean don't you yeah <laughs> you know exactly which like yeah. image i'm talking about yeah, too yeah yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it, it took if, a second to like
0: to register it, yeah uh uh i love this movie i i think it's great and um it's the movie that Afonso cron finally won his oscar for and then he won many more for roma yeah. <laughs> so. but he's like a phenomenal director and this is like a, a marvel a technical achievement
1: yeah um i agree with everything you said i put gravity in my top 50 of the year um Mm. it didn't make my top 10 Uh, i think it was number 17 for me um but i agree with everything you said it especially uh a movie that made me kind of like george clooney um (laughs) even though he's barely in it he's really not in it that much yeah that's true this is all sandra bullock yeah and i i'm i was like devastated that sandra bullock like did not win the oscar that year. i
0: think Kate blanchett won that year for for a woody uh, allen movie for blue jasmine yeah she's great in that too but i would have I would have preferred if Sandra Bullock won the Oscar for... But,
1: like, I remember Sandra Bullock so much more than I do Kate Blanchett and Blue Jasmine. Yes. I, I, like... Well, I barely every
0: Woody Allen movie is, like, aging badly, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: knowing <laughs> Re- what we know now. Ret- Retroactive.
0: Or, actually, we did know it at the time. What am I saying? <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> now that we care. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, sad state of affairs. But, uh, digress. Kind of unrelated to Gravity. Yeah,
1: no. I, I think Gravity is, like as you said, it's a technical achievement. Um, and just one of the greatest technical movies of all time. And
0: do you yeah. think it'll age well? Do you, because I, I have that fear of like you missed out. I think if a, you, if you didn't see, I think as
1: screens get better and bigger, it sure. will age better. Yeah. With technology. So, yeah. um, especially like with the, especially today in the 4k format and the huge, like, um, QLED TVs, mm-hmm. like, just the, and especially if like they re-release it on like a,
0: for some a for or 5K thing. some yep. kind
1: of special um format it, yeah I think it could definitely age well so
0: I hope so uh, and if you haven't seen it just find the biggest screen you can yeah exactly <laughs> and watch it so. great yeah. uh cool. what's your number 10
1: so my number 10 is a movie that came out in 2014 um a little movie called Whiplash yeah. starring Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons um tells the story of Andrew Neiman who is a first year jazz student um at the prestigious Schaefer Conservatory in New York City. Um, He's been playing drums for a long time um, and aspires to become a world-class drummer like the drummer Buddy Rich. Um, So he meets uh, his famed conductor, Terrence Fletcher, who is played by J.K. Simmons, um, who invites him into the studio um, and essentially uh, to to, uh, replace uh, another drummer. Um, But as we learn more about uh, J.K. Simmons' character, Terrence, we learn he's a very, very, extremely harsh critic, um, almost to the point where... Well, no, actually, to the point where he harms his students and causes them physical pain. Um, He hits their hands, and if they're not performing well, um, if they don't meet to his perfectious standards, um, he is not okay with that. Uh, And the movie is essentially about the rise of Andrew and... The rise of the the young protege and the fall of the master um and i just think it's i think the plot is so great um i as much as i feel like this is like the great acting and the great performances i'm really more drawn into the story than anything else uh in the film um and i think you know especially like like when you see like terrence in a vulnerable state like towards the end um especially like like when you see him in the jazz clubs and all that um it's JK Simmons like plays him so well. Um and so I like I just and I remember how much I like fell in love with Miles Teller watching this as well. I think Miles Teller's great. Um but but um JK Simmons like is better. And like it's his his act his Oscar is so well deserved. Um
0: Agreed. Yeah, and I He's- I he's believably abusive too. He's, he's not abusive, like yeah. melodramatically abusive. It, it is very dramatic, but I wouldn't call it melodramatic.
1: It's very dramatic, yeah.
0: And uh, in the way that you see, like you can see that, like yeah. really probably happening in everyday life <laughs> at Juilliard. Yeah, or I don't know what it's
1: like behind the scenes of schools like that, but like I can definitely like see like, like I, I I'm I'm sure there are perfectionists like that. Like ninety so percent of those teachers.
0: Again, I I won't point too much to this but i find it interesting that you said like the rise of the protege and the fall of the master because i actually kind of got a different sort of takeaway from this Mm -hmm. is that there will always be somebody who's hungry for the talent or hungry to get on top like andrew was and so it's kind of it doesn't matter like Mm -hmm. it's that's the takeaway that i got from this is like someone's always going to be like wanting to get after this and they'll be great. They'll be truly, truly great performances, Uh but for what, at what cost? And like, what is, you feel empty, like kind of at the end. That's also,
1: that's also like, exactly. That's like what I love, what I love about this movie is you can find so many, I feel like you can find so many different takeaways. Um, And I, like I, it has been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, so. yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm su- so I don't want to like. I'm sure you're right. I'm that. sure you're yeah. right, and I really do. I, yeah. I, I think need like to you're right to an again. extent too. Yeah. Like, and I need yeah. to go back and see it again. Um, but but yeah, the 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 dichotomy between the two of them is just like, yeah, yeah, bar none. So awesome. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use this phrase um to apply to all of my top ten of the decade. It's like something we haven't seen before, so. It applies just as well to this as it does the rest of my movies on this list. So, um,
0: all right, glad so, to see it. Yeah, moving on, moving on. Number nine, number nine. So I'm excited! I, I know, I know. I so, know. So, this is a little more exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, by number nine and. Here's where the claws are gonna come out. Oh, stop! My number. Oh nine- no, no! I gotta get ready for this. My number nine is the movie Dunkirk from oh, okay. 2017. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Christopher Nolan. I'm okay with that. Uh, if it was another Christopher Nolan movie, would you? Great at it, yeah. Oh, we'd be uh, we'd be having words. <laughs> I will say spoiler alert, this is my only Christopher Nolan movie on <sighs> okay, this list. Good. We don't have to fight. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's his best work. I truly think it's his best work. Okay. I never knew how much I, I wanted like wanted Christopher Nolan to make a World War II movie, but mm-hmm. yet here, <laughs> here we find myself here we um yeah. loving this movie. I was, this is the most stressful movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, I was holding my breath from like the opening sequence up until the final frame. And I've never sort of experienced something like this where I just felt the stress of every sort of situation that our main characters were put through. And um, it really just kind of... That is a sort of mentality that I've never really seen in a war film like that before. So that really, really, really upped its game for me too and and it added all of like the classic Christopher Nolan elements like time and perception of time together and created like a really interesting narrative story uh, behind this too. and on an event, a worldwide event that I can't believe, honestly had never been made completely into a feature film before we had seen it in we had seen the evacuation of dunkirk Mm -hmm. in other movies but just as a scene so it's kind of surprising that there was never a whole movie about dunkirk before so i thought it was like really great and it's like the perfect um perfect man to do it and uh i actually really like the elements of a lot of the soldiers kind of like blend together like these like young twinky soldiers who, who have nothing like young twinkie <laughs> soldiers. And they are I mean, am I wrong? I, <laughs> yeah. I would have chosen a different word, but, okay. but it is <laughs> <Sure>. though. <laughs> Uh, I mean they're like white skinny men of mm-hmm. a certain age. They're like all kind of twinky. Okay. <laughs> and they uh but they all like kind of like look the same too in the same way that like soldiers are meant to be um uh, disposable mm-hmm. like by nature. So that's
1: Which is very sad.
0: Yeah, oh, oh agreed. Yeah. I mean war is very sad. So yeah. uh so I thought that actually like adds an element to the film and the scene like watching all the civilian ships come in is like so moving and so powerful too that uh i remember it was it was so exciting cuz like our like the entire theater saw that like applauded when like the civilian ships come in and so like seeing all the um the everyday people um be the heroes of the story is is a great element cool. um i love this movie
1: yeah i um this was what 2017. Yes, yeah. Um, I think I put it in my top 10 for that year. Um, it did not make my top 50 list, but
0: I not surprised. <laughs> I, enjoyed <laughs> I know, no, I know you like it. I, I enjoyed
1: fan. Dunkirk. Um, I'm not a Christopher Nolan fan, um, but yeah, I overall great. It was a great movie i agree <laughs>
0: uh, yeah I, I don't have much rebuttal, I, I won't so, make you say a whole yeah lot i, won't ha- I don't okay. have much
1: of a rebuttal just because like it doesn't resonate as much with me as, as well with me as it does with you but i'm supportive of it being in your top
0: 10 you 30. support me i support you <laughs> I, I support, support you, you too Matt.
1: Your... i'm just glad that it's the only christopher nolan movie in your top 10 yeah movies. sorry
0: i hope that wasn't too much of a spoiler no, but because... it is i think it's his best work Okay, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but for you, it's like miles away. I would say there would be probably others that would make my top 20. Uh, okay. Yeah. Other Nolan works. Cool. Cool. Okay. Okay. Um, my
1: number nine is going to, speaking of Tom Hardy, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mad Max Fury Road came out in 2015 and it's a... Uh, the fourth movie in George...
0: Is it George Miller's? Miller?
1: George Miller's um, post-apocalyptic world, um,
0: the world. The Thunderdome world. <laughs> Thunderdome. I don't um, know what the world's actually called.
1: It's really hard to kind of explain what this movie is about because there is a lot going on. Um, every time you watch Mad Max Fury Road, and I've watched it multiple times, you find a new meaning every single time. Um When I first went into Mad Max, I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was just a fun summer blockbuster movie. I'd never seen any of the other Mad Maxes. I didn't know what to expect. Um, But let me tell you, coming out, I was blown away. It lived up to the hype. Um, I mean, from the very get-go, like, you see, like, this, like... Like these strange beings, like these strange creatures, like strange humans, um, and then everything is just going at a ten all the time, um, and it's very hard to keep up with everything going on, especially like the dialogue. Um, it's it's something you really need to see a couple times to really embrace the full experience. Um, <clears throat> but besides the plot, I want to talk about Shirley Theron Yeah, I'm hoping I was hoping yeah. you would. Shirley um, Starin. I think gives, like, one of the best performances of all time Um, I think she is, like, such a badass, like g- like great, like, I don't even know, like, what to say, like, she's just, like, she's just so great and so, like, her character is like, like, so like, she's so hard to describe, like, she's just, like, she's she's a warrior, she's a fighter um, she really throws herself into this role, um, she really could have just, like, half-baked it and, like, didn't really care, but, like she really does. And I think she works really well with Tom Hardy. Um, I absolutely love like her. I think her she's history. better
0: than Tom Hardy. I think I think Tom Hardy's amazing, but yeah. she like, just next, like, where, next level. Yeah,
1: like, where's her Oscar? Like
0: Even nomination. Yeah, she where's her even nomination? nomination like,
1: yeah. Again, like... Genre re- bias. Retroactive bias. Yeah. Yeah. Genre bias. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it it got nominated for best picture, so like yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And he uh, Miller got best director nomination, and um, it won a ton of technical stuff. Yeah. So it's it's like not out of the question.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or shouldn't have been. Furiosa.
0: Furiosa Furiosa Uh, you mentioned that you um, if you ever want to watch it again let me know because I've actually only seen this movie once and I yeah yeah, and I would love love to watch again because I'm pretty sure it it definitely made my like top three of that year but it's one of those movies that I've heard like you just said that it rewards repeated viewings
1: yeah if you if you so if you watch it the first time like you get what you get I loved it I I really loved it but then you need to go back and like watch it again with like Like think of like political implications and like or like
0: it was different than like you I expected it to yeah um and and is something that I think other franchise reboots should take note. This is how you reboot a franchise. Well, yes. (laughs) Um,
1: and I I, like I even heard of like I I've never picked this up, but like there's like even like something about the sex like a sexual revolution or something along the lines of like
0: oh yeah there are way more yeah. women in this movie than men yeah uh and oh I don't
1: mean like the gender sex I mean like actual like sex, sex. Oh, oh okay. Um, okay but yeah but like it's obviously it's a very pro it's like a very f- it is a feminist film I well oh absolutely yeah um but like again like there's so many different goggles you can put on to watch this movie um am like you can go in and watch it getting what you want out of it and you'll just be that pleasantly surprised yeah um so yeah, and uh, yeah. So I think Mad Max is just way more than what it is on the surface. Yeah. Um And I'm just, I was just blown away. So. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. For real. Let me know if you want to watch it because I wanna, I wanna experience. I these own things it. Again. I'm down.
1: Let's watch it. Cool. Okay. Again, again, another movie that needs to be seen on the big screen.
0: Oh, I know. I hope. I hope we don't get too much into that because you won't be able to see any of these yeah. movies on the big screen anymore. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, on to number eight so my number eight is the movie silver linings playbook from 2012 yes and uh this is probably my only romantic comedy if you can even classify it as that uh on this list but uh You can hardly classify it as a romantic comedy, too, because it's, like, kind of a sports movie, kind of a dance movie, (laughs) kind of a mental health drama. Like, there's so much going on in Silver Linings Playbook, and it all works really, really, really well. Uh, And because of, like, the phenomenal cast, uh, anchored by um, Jennifer Lawrence, Bradley Cooper, Robert De Niro, uh, Jackie Weaver... Uh, and this jackie
1: yeah i know
0: she got an oscar nomination for like eight lines so there's hope for anna paquin still (laughs) and and (laughs) there but this i i just like think everything about this like movie really 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 works um and uh also as like somebody who grew up kind of you know relatively outside of philly philadelphia media market uh it really kind of resonates with me too from like a philly perspective this is a very philly movie oh, God. <laughs> and uh i know it's he probably hates that he's such a big eagles fan in this don't even don't even <laughs> start uh and, uh, again, like, this is the movie that, like, people started to take Bradley P- Cooper seriously. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, oh, wait, Bradley Cooper could act? Yeah. What? So, and he's gotten, like, five Oscar nominations since, yeah. <laughs> since, like, 2013, which is crazy to think. <clears throat> uh, sorry, uh, and, sorry. uh, it, it all kind of, like, comes together. It's, like, it's messy of a movie, but, like, that's the point. That's, like, the thesis statement. So, uh... It's great. It's it's unconventional and like fun to watch, and you get a lot of meaning out of it. Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: it's like I I love Silver Lantern's Playbook, like mostly because it's so quotable. Oh um, yeah, and um, like the award circuit after was just like great like i love i love jennifer lawrence
0: oh oh i mean all yeah all culminating with her falling up the stairs yeah. <laughs> uh, to accept her oscar which is like the most jennifer lawrence thing to ever happen yeah
1: um what is that what is the medicine you, What is it clonopin clon- 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 clonopin
0: oh, <laughs> i've taken that because i've been on clonopin <laughs> so i particularly liked that line yeah um so yeah that's it's an anxiety that don't have to worry too much <laughs> or get it don't have to worry too oh, much. oh uh yeah yeah he's got dad jokes i know
1: you do have yeah um
0: okay yeah that's uh my love for Silver linings playbook
1: cool all right well thanks um so i kind of feel like my every what number seven
0: i think uh i went or first eight right? we have number, yeah. we're number eight okay
1: yeah so my number eight needs to be. Um, I feel like we need a little song. Uh, <laughs>
0: um, sorry, just... If you if you don't recognize those opening notes, you should.
1: Okay, well that's my number eight. Is goes to La
0: La Land. Two Damien Chazelles Damien
1: in Chazelles. your top ten. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, I there's. Not a thing I don't love about La La Land, uh, except the fact that it was teased as a Best Picture winner.
0: It was Best Picture for a good 45 (laughs) seconds. 45 seconds? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, so Damien Chazelle's La La Land, uh, starring Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, tells the story of a struggling actress who...
0: Aspiring. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, and struggling. struggling,
1: Struggling, aspiring, and then ends up, we all know makes it in the end mm-hmm. um well or does she that's the question.
0: she does she does make it
1: she does make it but is she happy
0: well yeah that's and that yes uh yes and no and this is the thesis statement of la la land in my opinion yeah. is that um in order to achieve your dreams sometimes you have to sacrifice your happiness
1: yeah exactly which yep. is a
0: very like tough pill to swallow it but is. it's that's true life
1: smart. yep um i think what made la la land my favorite movie of the year. There's one scene in particular that I, with La La Land I always, I, I, can never get out of my head, and then, then that is the scene that is the second song, um, where the girls are getting ready to go to the somewhere party, in the somewhere crowd. in the crowd, and there's a scene uh, where Emma Emma Stone's character um, kind of stops, the whole world stops around her, and she floats over the pool into the bathroom, and sinks to herself in the mirror, and to me, this scene like was like so. I don't want to say gut-wrenching, but, like, very, I related to it. I, like, I really related to it, especially at the time. And you're, like, not only, like, you're not, like, a struggling. You're you're just, like, struggling in life and trying to, like, make a name for yourself. Um, She's, like, well, someone in the crowd. um, There's someone in the crowd. uh, Like, you have to be that someone in the crowd. That someone, uh, someone has to see you for who you are. You have to be the one to stand out among all this talent. And, um, I just, I, the way she looks at herself singing, just like, I, I I just got, I just get butterflies in my stomach thinking about it. And it's just, yeah. Like that, like that scene alone, like makes it like, like her performance makes it one of the best movies of like all time for me.
0: That, uh, that scene, that song in particular, that song is all about networking like i love it i love it who would have thought networking (laughs) would make a good song but sure enough it does yeah and uh no it's it's right too the one thing that'll add uh to the element of that song is that you go out you go to networking events Mm -hmm. or like you go to parties with the hope of being discovered uh you know as being discovered professionally or romantically like mm-hmm. you want yeah. to like find that like find happiness that someone, that, yeah. yeah and um uh, more often than not you don't find that yeah someone or that thing in and that's what that like scene when she's like in the bathroom because like she's obviously gone to this party and it's a dud mm-hmm. like at least professionally and so she's Kind of, like, bummed she's out. Yeah. yeah, and she's, like, in the bathroom, kind of, like, feeling sorry for herself. Yeah. We've all been there. We've all <laughs> been there, girlfriend. But
1: Emma Stone does it in a way where, I don't know, I just, I I lose it. I yeah. absolutely lose it. So, yeah, um, her and Ryan Gosling, he's great, obviously, but Emma Stone, like, she, yeah. like, she is, again, like, uncomparable, so.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I... Love that movie. I think it's fantastic. So, all right. That's my number eight. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Moving right along. Oh, That's a great segue because my number seven is also an Emma Stone movie. I thought you were going to say Damien (laughs) Chazelle. It is The Favorite from 2018. And uh, this was quite unexpectedly my favorite movie from 2018 (laughs) because it is so bizarre and weird and hysterical that uh i was just completely enthralled with it and uh also like a very 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 quotable movie <laughs> yeah, for yeah. me too uh i will still always thank them and sorry this is gonna get an explicit uh version for introducing me <laughs> to the word construct uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, i spit my soda out at the theater when i saw saw that because i just thought that was so genius <laughs> and uh it's and like everyone is so juicy together emma stone uh and rachel Weisz and particularly olivia coleman who of course won the oscar and uh they just, like, the way that they are able to interpret the dialogue and make them into these, like, lonely yet power-hungry characters is so fascinating to, like, watch on screen. And uh, I love the fact that all these women the take place in a world where men technically call the shots, but... Every single character blows off the man as if like they don't <laughs> matter because like they kind of don't well, this in the is a
1: world where women well yeah. in her world where women rule. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, yes, she's queen, but like she still has to respond to like the politics of it yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Queen Anne. And uh so it's like so it's so interesting to me that like the men like don't matter and they're kind of like pat them on the head. And yeah. it's like <laughs> okay honey like good for you like let the real people do the work Uh, And also, that's, like, culminated in, like, the great scene. (laughs) Again, explicit. But when uh, Emma Stone gives Joe Alwyn's character a handjob and (laughs) he does... She's not looking at him the whole time. (laughs) And so... Because she's got, like, more important things to worry about. But, like, he's loving it. So, uh, it's, like, the the power dynamics are just like so fun so like funny to watch it's very like veep in that sense yeah
1: it's like it's like 16th century veep yeah it it really is (laughs) yeah um yeah it's delicious i love it. so the favorite is like a movie i did not appreciate at the time and i haven't seen it since then uh it came out last year i believe Mm -hmm. um and yeah queen olivia is still Raining its best actress.
0: Oh, thank God. I mean, like, yeah. I wanted this movie to win best adapted, or I'm sorry, best original screenplay, so bad because I just like think again the dialogue is so great, mm-hmm. uh, and it lost to Green Book.
1: Oh, he's getting fired up.
0: <laughs> so, uh, if you could see my face right now, yeah, no, I it is the face of rage mm-hmm. and and disgust. Uh, yeah. But so that's what made when. Later in the night, when Olivia Coleman won, all the more better because, like, at least the favorite has an Oscar to yeah. take home. Yeah.
1: Big Oscar, too. Yeah. So, I agree. Yeah. I think Olivia Coleman and, um, I, I think, s- I think the three of them can just do no wrong. Yeah. 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 I, I love the three of them together. I'm glad. I, yeah, I think the three of them work very well together and, um, love Olivia Coleman as, Queen Elizabeth II on Anne. the Crown. She's Anne. Oh, oh, no, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, on the Crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think she's great. Uh, playing queens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously my love for Emma Stone just gets better and better each movie. So. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Me too. All right. All right. What's your so number seven? Moving on to my number seven. My number seven is a little movie that came out in 2013 that um didn't get a whole lot of love. It it got some um but it's it was overlooked by a lot of people. Um, called Saving Mister Banks. Yeah, yeah. Um, tells the story of author P.L. Travers, who obviously wrote Mary Poppins. Um, and it reflects on her childhood. Um, after a meeting after she meets uh, Walt Disney, who seeks to adapt Mary Poppins into a movie, which obviously he succeeded. Um, we all know how the movie ends. He makes makes, he makes the Mary movie. <laughs> um, but the movie is to me. The movie is so much more than that. More than that, um, I really resonated, especially. So, what what made Saving Mr. Banks so powerful for me was the score. Um,
0: Who did the score? I can't remember.
1: Um, it was.
0: Oh, we can. We can. F- we find out. can figure yeah, it out. yeah, yeah. But um, as you. Um, yeah. What? So, what did you like about the score then?
1: Um, so the, the. I don't. I don't. It was very sad. Um, there. There are scenes where the movie kind of goes back and forth um, kind of like how Little Woman does between uh, Peel Travers as a young child um, to present day with um, Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. So
0: I, I, I need I,
1: who did this score? Oh! Thomas Newman did the score. Um, that's right and he's going to be probably up for an Oscar this year.
0: I think he's going yeah. to win the Oscar this year. Yeah. I can't actually see a situation where he doesn't yeah. win.
1: Um, so uh, the scenes where she's the little girl living in Australia with her family and Colin uh, Colin F- Farrell. Farrell plays a very kind of abusive father almost a,
0: he's alcoholic
1: right alco- alcoholic abusive towards yeah. uh, the family towards his mother um, the little girl who plays young Pale Travers is um, she's very good um, I don't I'm trying to remember her name. I can't remember her name now um, but she's very good and but the score the score is what makes it really powerful it's very sad um it's it it very it matches up with um, the same score behind Mary Poppins, but a lot mm-hmm. at a lot slower pace um, and a very sad undertone. Um, and then there are scenes where she's where it's pulling out of um, the flashbacks into present day, where Emma Thompson and Tom Hanks are together, um, and it kind of like goes right back into badass bitch mode right after she's kind of reflecting on her old um, old life. Um, and I think, uh, I think the director does a very good job. John Lee Hancock going back and forth between the, between the two, um, and kind of shows again. I I hate to use the word, but the dichotomy between um, Walt Disney and P.L. Travers. Um, she does not want her movie to be made. Like that's like this is she's fighting very every single of step that. of the way. Yep. She's very protective of the rights because she's so protective of her childhood because she doesn't want to lose what she's holding on to so dearly. Her father. Um but Walt Disney he assures her, I'm gonna do everything I can to do justice to your family. I'm going to save Mr. Banks, who is you know, obviously the father in the story. Yeah. Um so I, I, I I'm gonna use this term again. Um Saving Mr. Banks does what no other movie can do. Every time I watch it, I am a crying mess by the end. I just I lose it. Especially like when she's like in the theater watching her own movie on screen and she's like crying. She's not, she's not sad that she lost the rights, She's crying because of her family and her father. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously the real P.L. Trevor's like didn't love Mary Poppins. At least that's what I heard. Um, And like, she was like really mad at the final result, but it's a timeless classic that has gone down in film history. And we thank her for it. For giving us her sharing her story,
0: so. yeah. The um I, I really enjoy this movie. The one thing that I'll say is I really like that you like underappreciated movies too, and that this is on your list because of that reason, because it gives us a reason to think about movies that we may have forgotten about yeah, over overlooked. the last couple yeah. of years. So yeah, so I really I really like that about you.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, sorry, one more performance I want to I um, highlight in Saving Mr. Banks is Ruth Wilson as Margaret Goff. Yeah, she's currently in um, Historic, Historic Materials. Materials and HBO. Yeah, um, but she plays young P.L. Travers's mother in the flashbacks in mm-hmm. Australia, um, and she is like another character. Like she's like someone that immediately comes to mind when you mention this movie. So, uh, yeah, I think she gives a standout performance, and I love her. Awesome. So.
0: Okay, moving on to number six. Uh, number six, and I feel like I have nothing to say about this movie anymore, is the movie Parasite <laughs> from 2019, <laughs> which not only do we have a whole episode about on this podcast, but it also makes an appearance on my top 10 of 2019 list.
1: Funny enough, I just took out
0: Parasite from my top 10. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: On my number six spot. Oh, whoa. So... <laughs> yeah it's now in my 11th spot so (laughs) it's a good thing you took it out
0: (laughs) but like i've i've said pretty much everything there is to say about parasite and it's just absolute magic trick of a movie i can't believe they pulled this off of the the feat that it is and it's almost to the point where i feel like i'm hyping it up too much that everyone's going to be disappointed now (laughs) because of how much praise i give it but i think this is a perfect movie and uh really love that it is out there in the world (laughs) so
1: i yeah i I don't know what else i can say about it that we haven't said already or like every other critic has said about it so
0: yeah i mean like i feel like it's all it's all been wrapped up there too um highly recommend um watching the movie first and then listening to our (laughs) critique yeah and again if uh i've seen it a couple times now but Will gladly watch it again. Sure, I'll pick up on more even the third time. So, sure. LMK uh, if you want to watch. L-M-K. LOL. <laughs> uh, LOL at your LMK. Okay, so I'll spare us some time about cool. talking about Parasite.
1: All right. Um. So moving on to my number six. One two three. There have been f- there are four Disney Pixar movies that make my top fifty. Um, and two are in my top ten. Uh, we are at the first right now. Um, my number six goes to Disney Pixar's Inside Out Um, yes I think Inside Out is a near perfect movie um if you haven't seen it you know it's about the five emotions that live inside your head anger joy disgust fear and sadness um when I first saw Inside Out I didn't get it I didn't love it it was okay whatever um Upon my second viewing, this is the first time this has ever happened, upon my second viewing of this movie, I fell in in love. I, for some reason, I just, like, Yay. broke down crying, like, midway through,
0: and then, like... Sorry, I wasn't yaying, you're yeah. crying.
1: <laughs> and then, like, the end, I just, like, lost
0: it, and, like... I oh, just, her speech. Isn't her name Riley? Riley, like, yeah. I lose it at the, Riley's speech, like, when... When she comes back and hugs home, her parents. Yeah, oh my god, I'm... Done. I'm done. Done. done.
1: Yeah, um... So I really think it works. Um, I, th- I think the theme works very well. Uh, where it's it's a it's a movie that's teach. It's supposed to teach kids about the power of emotion, but it very much teaches adults as well. Um, and I think the main takeaway you have to, you take from this is that you have to be have sadness to experience joy, and vice versa. Um,
0: yeah, it's it's a great rebuttal to any sort of like. Overly happy kids movie, a hundred percent, and like it's okay to like it's actually good to feel yeah. other emotions. Yeah,
1: it's good to feel. So, um,
0: life isn't like purely about happiness, and if yeah. you only seek out happiness, you're going to leave an empty yeah. life.
1: And I know, so I know there's been like some kind of chatter about a sequel to this, and I really hope they don't do it because I think Inside Out is as per- a perfect movie that stands out on its own. Um, even though I think Disney Pixar like can hardly do no wrong. Um, I think Inside Out is like a perfect movie that just stands by itself. It's just, it's great. It's, I think yeah. it will go down as one of the greatest animated movies of all time. I do. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, that's even barely touching on the animation of it yeah, all too. Like yeah. the colors alone are yeah. just so vivid.
1: Yeah, and I know... Um, oh my God, what's the elephant's name? Uh, um,
0: Mr. It's like Mr. Bubbles or something yeah, like that. Um, oh my God, I... Oh, yeah. what is he? He says something like... Tell her, like, reach for the. Stars. Yeah. It's like reach for the stars, for the type, stars. Yeah. type moment. It's not yeah. reach for the stars because that's um, Toy Story. But. Yeah, I can't.
1: I can't remember his name. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, what's his face? Uh, voices him. Is it Richard Kind? Richard Kind. Yeah, Richard Kind yeah. voices him. Oh, and he's so great. Bing bong, bing, bing bong. Yeah, bing bong, bing bong. And then yeah, like, like <laughs> they try to get out of the pit and he can't. Oh, and he's too heavy for the thing. Even though I think he could have gotten out They're, they uh, Yeah. So. Uh, and I think Amy Poehler is actually very good. Um, she does a very good job as Joy uh, and Phyllis Smith. I think all the, all, I think this movie was actually perfectly cast. Um, Amy Poehler has very uppity voice, very joyful and happy all the time. She plays Joy. Phyllis Smith has a very like sullen, like monotone voice. She voices the voice of sadness. And then um, Bill Hader, you know, very antsy all the time, voices fear. And of course, the perfect, the perfect match for me is Lewis Black, who voices anger um yeah yeah Yeah. he's just he's perfect and then rounding out the cast is Mindy Kaling who is great as discussed because she's got that very valley girl kind of thing going on so yeah (sighs) I love this movie so yeah Inside Out like to me can just do no wrong so
2: yeah
0: all right okay well so on to the top fives uh I think all my top five have a common sort of theme And I was really glad when I was thinking about what movies would go on my Best of Decade list because I came to a realization that my favorite genre of movie is coming-of-age movies. Mm. And there are a lot of of coming-of-age movies that appear in my top five here. And even the ones that aren't coming-of-age, too, are movies about kind of discovering who you are as a person. So they're very self-discovery movies and coming of age movies are self-discovery movies yeah. inherently. So uh that's just a peek of, of what's to come. So my number five movie oh. is the movie Ladybird ah! from twenty seventeen. I love Lady Bird. <laughs> yeah. I too love Lady no. Bird. <laughs> and uh Ladybird. <laughs> she gets out of the car and rolls. Says, ah! Ah! Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I think the uh, script for Ladybird is so perfect and flawless. Uh, my favorite line is possibly of the decade is from that movie, which is uh, uh, "Some <laughs> some people aren't just built happy, you know? But that's a sad line, but it's true. And uh, the line that I also, that I really want to point out too, because I think it does sum up the movie perfectly, is uh, the line spoken at the end by Lady Bird's uh, like mentor, the nun, uh, mentor, the uh, the mom and Twister. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, she says to Lady Bird, don't you think they're the same thing, love and attention? And that is the most powerful line because this is like a love letter um, to to Sacramento and you know to growing up in that era. like this is about being in high school in the um early to mid two thousands, which is Just, when I went to high school. Um, uh, not only that, but Catholic high school. Yes. and this movie nails Catholic high school in a way that i've never seen before too so or just, it kind of i mean high school, school yeah yeah catholic high schools are like, <laughs> like that as well too and i've also said this a few times before too i really feel strong connection to the character danny <laughs> who's like uh like this like closet case in high school but uh she uh and the way that you think this movie is going to go the the moment that i knew that this movie was like something special and something different is because ladybird dates danny and then she finds out he's gay and so they obviously break up because of that small little detail but so they break That's up small little detail. yeah but so they break up and you think that um you know, Ladybird's going to be, like, mad and yell at Danny when they, like, meet again in the coffee shop at Ladybird's work. And she has every right to be. And she even starts to, like, yell at him and, like, scream at him. It's like, why would you date me if you were gay? And it's, like, this, like, funny sort of moment and true. But then the scene kind of turns on itself. And Danny says something to the effect of, like, I don't know how I'm going to tell my parents And you have this, like, this strong sort of connection, and it comes from, like, a very deep personal place for him. And instead of Lady Bird kind of blowing off his, like, his deep fears, she embraces him and, Mm. like, hugs him and basically tells him, like, it's okay. Like, it's, like... All that stuff like doesn't matter. Like I'm here for you. I still care for you too, and that was like the moment that this like tr- completely transformed into a whole other movie that like turned any sort of stereotypes like on their head and made you like. Well, love I, think and also, embrace I think it also is
1: um, very definitive of our generation and how we're so we're way more accepting of people's differences and relationships than maybe previous generations were so
0: no totally and but like and ladybird like is that like character to that that sort of embodiment yeah uh and like this is a worthwhile movie to like know and watch to kind of understand the millennial generation uh so it's, it's 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 an important movie. Yeah, it really and is. and that's what I mean by like that's why I brought up the line um, the difference there is no difference between love and attention because mm-hmm. uh, this movie pays attention closely and it's like very clear uh, that Greta Gerwig the writer director like loves and pays attention to Sacramento and people and puts that into her films. So yeah. it's. Um, a movie that like i think could have easily been like forgettable in the public discourse but uh, somehow fi- found its way into my top five yeah so it's cool. ladybird all right damn uh, it now i feel bad for not putting it higher <laughs> like, no, don't, i like no, yeah. no don't feel bad i i, I really love this yeah movie. no i
1: i know how much you love ladybird and i yeah. it really resonates with me as well not as much as you but it resonates with me all for the same reasons i absolutely love ladybird i think it's great um uh yeah uh, yeah
0: yeah, yeah. It's, great. it's it's so hard to like rank all these because yeah. I it just really like, is. I really love all these. It's, equally. It's, yeah. it's
1: hard, and I think as you like move further into your top list, yeah, it gets okay. it even yeah. gets harder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, okay, well, speaking of lines um, and quoted movies, I think some one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite movies of the decade comes from my number five movie, um, which is Steven Spielberg's
2: Lincoln.
0: Oh yay! Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, I love this
0: movie Is Lincoln a great movie? Yes Yes Well mm, <laughs> Yes I, I, I unequivocally say yes uh, Okay yeah Well, <laughs> some, okay. I think it's a great movie But yeah. some people would
1: disagree Some people think it's very slow And dry and boring um, I love Lincoln I Love Lincoln I love the story But I love Daniel Day-Lewis more I think Daniel Day-Lewis Gets one of the greatest performances Of all time um, I expected A lot and he exceeded what, what, I, what I expected um, I think Lincoln is an important movie um, I think it's relevant to when it was released in 2013 uh, and I think it's relevant today 2012, sorry, 2012 and it's relevant today um, I think it's important I think the focus of the movie was a very short period of time right as the Civil War was about to end um, Ray, as Lincoln is trying, Abraham Lincoln is trying to get the passage of um, the 13th Amendment. Um, and you just see the fighting in Congress between the two parties and, um, just the, the, what it took to get this amendment passed. And the whole time you're thinking, why are these people so evil? <laughs> like, why, <laughs> why, or why? like, why is it
0: so hard why to get is it things so done? Yeah. Why,
1: why? Yeah. To me, at the very root of it all, Lincoln is about equality. Um, not only obviously for slaves, but, um, for other characters in the movie as well. Um, you see it in Lincoln's son when he wants to go off and fight in the war. And Lincoln says, absolutely not. You're my son. You're the son of the president of the United States. You're not going. Um, and he goes anyway, because he wants to be a part of that battle. Um, he wants to fight for the freedoms of the people who cannot speak for themselves. Um, you see it in Mary Todd Lincoln, um, where she wants to be the lady, the first lady of the people. Um so she actually uh I had a quote from her and now I now I don't have it anymore. Um But anyway, uh Sally Field is amazing as Mary Todd. Um I think she is uh did she I don't she didn't win, but she was nominated. She was nominated, she, was she didn't nominated. win. Um I loved her performance. I think she was great. I think All the acting, bringing it together um, is awesome, but there's one line I remember from the movie um, that really sums it up for me, and makes, and it's important, and do you know what it is? No. Do you think we choose the times we are born into, or do you think Um, the times do you think we choose the times into which we are born, or do we fit the times we are born into? And that speaks so much to me. That is like that one line right there is just like perfect writing. Um, So that is like that is like an important question like how like was i like were we born into the right time um do we fit do we fit in now like sometimes like we don't like i don't feel like like do we feel like we're equal with everyone um like again going back to this theme of equality um so yeah i just or like I, self-perception self-perception yeah, yeah like
0: exactly. how how you sort of see yourself it's it's kind of like it's sort of like the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. of, like, no, I can't be this, like, great, important person because I'm not that great. You don't think that, like, uh, about yourself. So um, to think about, you know, the times that, you know, you come from. So, like, truly progressive people don't feel like they fit in their time in the sense that they either should have come before, or maybe they should be after. Like, yeah, just like I, I just don't gel with the way that the current world works. So, yeah. yeah, it's like it's food for thought. Obviously, nothing that I have the answer to. I'm not that yeah. much of a philosopher, so <laughs> or even a philosopher at all. I don't even know why I said that much. But yeah, uh, yeah. The,
1: so. So I think I think Steven Spielberg does a great job and um, just highlighting why Lincoln was arguably our, the greatest president mm-hmm. that America's ever seen. So
0: the uh, last thing that
1: she says: no one, no one has ever been loved so much by the American people. Do not waste that power. Mm. So
0: great line. The last thing that I'll say about Lincoln is that I prefer biopics to take place over the course of. Uh, a finite amount of time. Uh oh, okay. In a brief okay. amount of time. Yeah, good. Me too. That's <laughs> exactly what... I thought you were going somewhere else with that. No, and, like, Lincoln, Lincoln does Lincoln this. does that, yeah. Yeah, and there are Both ways system. that you can bring up other people's, like, uh, the subject's life mm-hmm. without, like, going, like, starting at birth and ending at death. Yeah. Like... And they do that in Lincoln, too. So, like, they talk about, like, his, you know, struggles, like, with his family earlier, too. So, yeah. like, with the loss of his son. So, and that works really well. Really, really well in Lincoln. And it comes out in very powerful scenes. Mm-hmm. But, like, we didn't need to see that happen. Right. But they talk about it, and it has, like, a big impact on the story.
1: Yep. And Tommy Lee Jones' as Thaddeus Stevens is clutch. Yeah,
0: everyone in this movie is so, so amazing and so perfect.
1: Sorry, my computer yeah. just somehow restarted it.
0: Yeah, well, you know, as we hear these—sorry, uh, <laughs> these, my apologies—these <laughs> uh, windows noises. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good time to get into my number four. Then, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my number four is the movie *Boyhood* oh, from oh, 2014, wow. and this movie is another coming-of-age movie that like strongly resonates with me because mm-hmm. it is. I My time boyhood that much. I adore huh? boyhood. Okay. Uh yeah. and uh it, it strongly resonates with me too because I'm like also of that age. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't regret putting these types of movies in there where I'm like the same age as the characters too, because I'm probably not gonna see these movies really ever again too. Like this was the decade for that too. So yeah. it's it's rare that we'll get to have those sorts of experiences again. Sure. And uh the technical achievement of boyhood is unparalleled to this day like we'll never see a movie really kind of do that feat again and Richard Linklater is just so um so bold for kind of uh, pulling that pulling that off too and I think it's a great lesson in it's okay not knowing where you're necessarily where your story is going to go when you're filming a movie I think Uh, stronger filmmakers are able to get that out of their stories Mm -hmm. and boyhood kind of encapsulates that perfectly and um i think one of the strongest points of boyhood are like the small little details of like things that happened in like the early 2000s yeah (laughs) these like these small like little nostalgic moments that like really tie you and like bring you back to those times and it's these like these warm uh comforting feelings And then um, the complexities that arise, like, as you grow older, and, you know, how your parents change as you grow older, and how your parents are, like, truly characters, too, and how much they, like, want to look after you, too. And And, and
1: not only your parents, but your perception of them, as well. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, that's why, like, of course, Patricia Arquette is, like, phenomenal, as is Ethan Hawke, too, but um, Patricia Arquette is just like the soul of this movie and anchors the entire um the entire film and i get like really happy and hopeful and sad and love the simplicity of boyhood like this is just like a a normal person this isn't about boyhood (laughs) yeah this isn't like uh, I love the movie Lincoln too, but this isn't like an Abraham Lincoln right, like right, right, guy. Right. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just a kid normal life. life. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a normal life. And I, I really enjoy those types of movies of just like watching people live their lives. Yeah. So no, I agree, yeah. it's, um, it's a really, really strong and, uh, really great, great, great achievement. Yeah. And
1: I, I think the the course of filming over what was it? 16? At least, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. just worked very well. It, yeah. Which is something I wish they would have done with Little Women. I, I know I mentioned that in our previous yeah, podcast. Yeah.
0: And, like, I. it's like very hard to do this too because you don't know what sort of complexities are going to run off. Number Mm. one, it's hard. It's risky.
1: It's ballsy. It's
0: risky. Um, From a studio perspective, like, why am I going to finance a movie that like we don't know what's happening? Anything that happened, yeah. Yeah. Or like if one of your actors die, like in the course of filming, you're just screwed. You're screwed, yeah. So like it's, it's... Unless you CGI their face. (laughs) Yeah. Which is certainly (laughs) possible now. Yeah. But like in, but then again, that would take away from the movie. So it's like, it's, it's hard to to do the, that type of movie again, and yeah. I would be shocked if we really see something like this again. Even though I know Richard Linkletter is working on something similar at this oh. moment with Ben Platt, ah. uh, oh, of but, course. Oh. Uh, Sorry, I hate Ben Platt. I know,
1: uh, I know you like him. I like,
0: I like, I like Ben Platt, and I think he would work well with Richard Linkletter. But like, this was such magic in a bottle for me that like, uh-huh. it's it's perfect as it yeah. is.
1: I saw Patricia Arquette one time, and that was really cool. She's great. (laughs) Um, What an inspiring woman. Yeah. I, like, didn't recognize her at first, and I was like, wait a second. Is that Patricia Arquette? I didn't say anything to her, but, like, it was literally, like, two weeks before the Oscars, like, came on, and she won. So.
0: Oh, shit, Matt. There's something on the floor. That name you just dropped.
2: Oh!
1: Let me get the broom. (laughs) I also... Met Daniel Day Lewis before he won his Oscar. Did you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you actually scared me. I thought there was a mouse. <laughs> or like, or, like we stopped filming. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, cool. So, any more on that?
0: No, that's right. uh, that's it on Bullhead.
1: All right, moving into the top four for me. So my number four is kind of a culmination of a bunch of movies that were released in the um, late aughts and teens. Um, my number four is going to be going to Avengers Endgame. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people are really tired and sick of the superhero movie and the superhero genre. Um, but I feel like we've been on this journey for so long, um, and we've invested so much in all of these characters and it's something, it's a, it's a feat that's never been done before. Um, bringing all these characters together into one movie, one epic two part conclusion, whatever you want to call it, saga, um and I think the movie's actually very well done and it's a it's a very good ending to a story we've been so drawn into for so long. Um I know a lot of people were very frustrated with how Avengers ended. Um a lot of people didn't like this movie, a lot of people didn't like Infinity War. And to the haters, I who say... Who are
0: a lot of people? I, I don't I've not talked to-, to these people. <laughs>
1: I've heard from people who like wow. were like oh Avengers was terrible and blah or whatever. So, or like people who are just like really worn out from the whole again. Hate is gonna hate be. is gonna hate. I I I too sure have
0: superhero fatigue, but like I mentioned uh, in a previous podcast, yeah. if it works, if it's a good movie, it works, who cares? It works. If it works, it works. Yeah. Um,
1: so again, I'm not saying this as number four. My number four slot is again going to a series of films. Avengers just happens to take the slot. Um, I don't know how. Not Siri. No, stop it. Um, <laughs> so I think. So, let me start out. So, uh, Robert Downey Jr. has played Iron Man since 2008 in probably like six, seven, eight films. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. was born to play this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on came Chris Evans as Captain America and Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Um, but the true embodiment of the entire Avengers universe, I think, is Robert Downey Jr. Um I think he nails Iron Man. I think he's just wonderful, um, and I think they brought his. I think honestly, in the end, like Avengers, like this is his story, um, and I think they brought his ending perfectly. Um, now, yes, like Captain America, like he's great, obviously, like and Thor's good too, but he's gonna. They're gonna. gonna I'm, I'm a Cap fan, so yeah. Okay, well, I'm Team Iron Man, so oh, okay. yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, we're not talking about Captain America's Civil War. We're talking about the movie where they're friends. I think
0: all three Captain America <laughs> movies solo Captain America movies are different in their own right they are and they are that's what makes them great and that's, yes that's why they're yeah. the best of the series yeah and that's the tea
1: <laughs> that's the tea okay well go on your number three then okay. I think
0: we're I guess we're done with mine. no I'm kidding <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> yeah. um
1: anyway some other characters like that I really love from this universe like I think Benedict Cumberbatch plays a perfect Doctor Strange. I think Josh Berlin is great as Thanos. Um and I just think like overall, like like yes, the visual effects, like they're great. We all know they're great. Um but I think to me, like superhero movies have like tried and failed so many times in the past. Whereas like Avengers is a slow moving over the course of ten years, it's a slow moving. It's incredible thing. like and how they were able what to what do they that. Did. Yeah. It's
0: like yeah. To bring that, like, culmination so, together.
1: Yeah, so I just wanted a slot in my top...
0: You have to respect that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted a slot in my top ten that really honored what they did. So... And I and I think when you look back on the on the 2010s, like, the Avengers films are going to be something that really reflects. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the... Endgame's the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. So, it's uh, with good reason.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I love it, so... For other sentimental reasons, I love it as well, but I'm not going to get into those. (laughs) So, all right.
0: Okay. Top Um, three now. Top three. And the top three for me are very, very special. Like, I kind of feel like number four through number 10 are pretty interchangeable to me, but my top three are my clear, clear top three. Mm -hmm. And number three for me is the movie... La La Land oh, from 2016, overlap, overlap. the first overlap that we have. And La La Land is the most cinematic experience that I think I've ever had. Uh, particularly the final sequence, uh, the imaginary bit, and like them dancing on hmm. air left me stunned and breathless. And people always throw out the term like quote unquote movie magic to describe things. And I've never quite connected with that saying until La La Land. And then I knew exactly what they meant. That movie is movie magic for me. And I love the bittersweet tones to it too. Like what we had mentioned earlier with um, someone in the crowd. Uh, And uh, the other song that I'll point out is the intro (laughs) that you played for us. uh, Another Day of Sun. And that whole song is about working hard and failing and it's about being kind of depressed but it's southern california so there's like sun outside so you have to wake up and just see the sunny sort of atmosphere you have to be happy everyone has to be happy yeah And you're met with nothing but sunshine. Mm -hmm. And it has this, like, happy, happy, kind of, like, upbeat tones to it, too. And that's that's kind of, like, my favorite sub-genre of music. You can't really call it a genre. But songs that have upbeat tempos with really sad lyrics. (laughs) And it's more prominent than you probably think it is. And La La Land, like, is that embodiment in song. So it's... That emotion of failing and waking up to sunshine is, like, an interesting emotion to explore for me, too. And mm-hmm. the whole movie kind of brings that up again and again with with other tunes. Uh, and, like, the songs are incredible. Iconic. I still, I will, I still play them, like, every oh, day. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, I think this movie is iconic yeah. because... Uh, not just because, but in part because of its songs. Yeah. Yeah. And every single one is like perfectly layered and fits like excellently into the movie. Uh and I kind of love that this movie single-handedly made musicals cool again. <laughs> like uh yeah. so and Well, even, yeah. Well, since then we there try. have been it's, some yeah. <laughs> there have been some that have been great. There have been some, not so much cats, (laughs) Uh, but at least we'll always have La La Land. We'll always have La
1: La Land. We'll always have the City of Stars.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because I actually think City of Stars is, like, the one of the weakest songs yeah, in yeah. the movie, and I'm like, this is the song you're going to give the Oscar to? <laughs> Which, like, everything else, Another Day of Sun, somewhere, um, Someone in the Crowd, uh, Audition, uh-huh. all three of those songs are much better than City of Stars. Yeah,
1: I love Audition. I forgot about audition. I love Audition. Yeah, I love how, like, you can, like, pick out a certain song and, like, you just can't be wrong from that movie. Like, it's just, everything is so great.
2: Yeah.
1: It wouldn't be higher up for me. But, like, again, these lists are just... So, I know. It's so arbitrary. Yeah. It yeah. really is. So. Uh, the
0: other, the last, like, line that I'll point out, and, again, this is, like, tying into the theme. I just thought of this, is when uh, it's about, like, Lala lot it's, like, feelings about, like, self-doubt. And they... And you, like, don't know what's going to happen. So uh, Mia has this, like, moment of... Kind of like self pitying moment. If you can't tell, I like self pity, <laughs> uh, and she is like, "What if I'm not good enough?" And Sebastian is like, "You are, you are," and she's like, "But what if I'm not?" Mm-hmm. And she like keeps pushing him back on this. Uh, so I like love these moments where you like question yourself and you question your self worth. Uh, and I think that's like a very like real sort of emotion that's hard to portray on film without being super depressing. And La La Land succeeds in that way. And these are like emotions that I think everyone feels every every day of their lives. So La La Land puts that, puts a bow on it and takes your breath away. So I, I just adore, adore everything that this movie achieves. And yeah. that's like not even to mention like the beautiful direction from Damien Chazelle. Oh, cine- yeah, yeah, yeah. The cinematography, the acting, yeah. like like everything is so, so pitch perfect.
1: Yeah, I agree. I love it. So, yeah, pitch perfect. I, that's why. Get it? Pitch perfect. I, know, uh, I know, I know,
0: that. I know. That actually was unintentional. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. No pun intended.
1: So, moving on to my top three. Okay. Um,. I feel like there have been... Well, so... This whole list has kind of been like a culmination of like... How we... Like who we are like in film. Um, and I, I feel like it's a it's very strong like... Yeah, it's, it's good in that sense. Um, so I'm glad we're doing this. So... That being said, with my top three... I've only ever given... Out of five stars... Five out of five... Or seven... Seven movies I've given five out of five stars to. Um, and... My top three uh, all have five stars, um, and I consider them perfect movies. Um, so my number three is going to, thank you. Um, my number three is going to Martin Scorsese's, The Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, so <laughs> um, So I don't even know where to begin. Wolf <laughs> <Marvelous laughs> of Wall Street is just crazy, great, fun. Hilarious, amazing acting, all-around directing. Um, and you notice how Quentin Tarantino stole two of his actors and put him not small time in Hollywood. Anyway, just saying. Um, so, can't, can't quite do what Martin does. Um, I think... Not as good, QT. Not as good. You tried. Good job. <laughs> um, I think Wolf of Wall Street is a perfect movie. Um, I think it is the perfect uh, idea, um, way to show the rise and the quick downfall of money in America. Um, And I think Wolf of Wall Street does a better job at the curse of greed than Wall Street does, the movie Wall Street. Um,
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
1: um, And I think it really speaks to I think it speaks to different generations like not only just like new money but old um so I say I say that I say that being like uh Jordan Belfort is uh, is new money in America um and he's like he is the problem with like like he like he is the problem with like acquiring too much wealth holding on to it and then um eventually like you see what happens to him in the end Um, the downfall the downfall downfall, of the
0: American dream the downfall
1: of the American dream um the down and and basically what greed gets you yeah um and I think also I think it's also great one of my favorite lines in the movie is um it's also great in the term in in the sense of like the American economy and like how it how, how it works um in terms of buying and selling consumer goods and capitalism there's a scene where um Someone is. I, I think it's Jordan Belfort. He's going around at a conference trying to uh, get people to um, sell him sell him a pen. He pulls out his pot pull out pulls out a pen out of his pocket and says, "Sell me this pen." Yeah. Um, this is the last scene. Yeah, yeah, that was the last scene. Um, I was just. I, I don't want to like ruin it for anyone, but it was just really great. So. <laughs>
0: the statute of limitations yeah. are up again. So, <laughs> um,
1: I, I like to be honest. Like, I forgot how like the pen was sold, but I think like. I just remember that's that's it's been, if, again, that's it's not been, even the point. Yeah, it's not, the point, uh, it's not even the point. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, but like again, like uh, I think it's flawless.
0: But like so that scene in particular is when he's out of jail, like at that scene and yeah, he's yeah, back yeah. to his old schemes mm-hmm. So it's like it's a in the sense of like oh, this is not going to change in yeah. any sort of way anytime soon. Yeah. And uh like i can't i hate this this has to be said but the wolf of wall street is a cautionary tale yeah so like and it's hilarious like yes you can laugh at it like and you should be laughing you should laugh at, at it. it
1: yeah it's it is funny there are funny moments
0: but like the amount of people who like take this movie under their wing and like want to be like jordan belfort is like, yeah, like so distressing like, this is not
1: like <laughs> like we're trying to get you to not be this first, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And I think the subtlety, because this movie is is subtle in that sense, like that's like lost on the people who like want to to uh, like celebrity it. Mm-hmm. So uh, and like that's like a credit to the art. That's mm-hmm. like credit to Martin Scorsese. Yeah. So. He like he does like a fantastic, fantastic job. Yeah,
1: I, I would arguably say this is not only one of Martin Scorsese's best movies, but this is Leonardo
0: DiCaprio's best his best movie. performance ever, ever. 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 And he one sh- word, one word, <laughs> Uh One
1: word, the Revenant.
0: <laughs> Two words. <laughs> Two words. <laughs> uh, no, <Sorry>. the <laughs> scene where like. Uh, they like take all the quaaludes and mm-hmm. like he's yeah. like trying to get into the car. I that was
1: I lost it. I, talk, I I cannot like I can't get through that scene without like yeah dying.
0: I mentioned like I mentioned times where I think movies are so funny that I like spit out my drink or spit out my popcorn, and those are true. <laughs> I this is the only movie. To this day, that scene is the funniest scene of the decade. And hands down. Hands down. The funniest scene of the decade. I didn't, I not only like I didn't spit up my drink. I didn't spit up my popcorn. I sank in my chair to the floor. That's how (laughs) funny that scene was. Like the first time. Like literally sank. Yeah. (laughs) Because it is so, so hysterical. And like and
2: it it's just, just goes like on and on and on for and like and it gets ten funnier every yeah. every
0: second of yeah. that scene. It gets funnier and funnier. Yeah. And it just boggles my mind how yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio I, And like I think it's great how like Martin
1: him. Scorsese, like Martin Scorsese directed this. Scene. I know. Like yeah. and like and like Leonardo DiCaprio throws himself in and like does this all this physical work and just really like really does like some phys- some great physical comedy. And like to this day, it is beyond me why he lost the Oscar for this role.
0: It came out too late. It, like, came out on Christmas Day and had this... I know, like, this is the politics so behind the Oscar. Is. Yeah. But, like, he... I think he should have had it if he didn't... Um, if the movie had, like, come out earlier, I think there would have been... There should have been, like, enough campaigning behind him. So, yeah. but, like, it's... It's a disgrace that he doesn't have an Oscar for that and has mm. it for The Revenant instead. Yeah. Well, we'll give it to
1: him. Yeah, we'll give yeah. him the Matt and Andrew. I, Oscar.
0: I, yeah, yeah, I would give him. I would definitely give him the Oscar for that year. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's my number
1: three. So. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my just...
0: god! Oh my god! We're into our top two. Down to the top two. Oh, this is so. Oh my god! This is so. So thrilling. Okay, so my number two movie of the decade. Is the social network from 2010? So uh, I think this is the most influential movie of the decade, and I think people make f- made fun of this movie before it was released because they said like, oh, the Facebook movie, and they like kind of said it with like an attitude, like, oh, the Facebook movie. And uh, then the trailer dropped, and it's the best trailer of the decade, uh, which also best or most watched. Best. best. It might be the most watched too, but it like spawned a million, literally a million knockoffs because now we can't escape the sad, slowed version of a song a yep. pl- of a classic song oh, that yeah. you know it love, yeah. that you know and love. Uh, That started with the social network and, like, the children's choir singing Creep, which was the perfect song to play for Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. And it, uh, like, embodies the Facebook experience perfectly and knowing what would happen, um, knowing what Facebook would become, too. Uh, Again, this is why I think it's the most influential movie of the decade, too. Uh, And the actors all... And delivered I, yeah
1: i think it has the greatest tagline like of any movie This year. you don't get to 500, 500 million friends, friends without, without making a, a, few, a few enemies,
0: enemies. Mm-hmm. i i everything about this chills. is iconic I yeah. iconic like the the poster the trailer they just everything knocks it out of the park knocks it out of the park uh and like these are actors that like you shouldn't really like believe in like jesse eisenberg no one really knew or cared much about jesse eisenberg Before then, like, oh, the guy from Zombieland. (laughs) Like, so, uh, and then you have, like, Justin Timberlake. You have unknowns like um, Andrew Garfield, Garfield, Army Army Hammer. Hammer, Brenda Song? Song. I mean, well, Brenda Song hasn't done much. Rooney Mara. Rooney Rooney Mara. Like, Rashida Jones is in it? Yeah. She was at least a little known at that point. I'm just saying, a bunch of people who were in it,
1: like, then are big. Massive. Massive now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because of this, too. And, like, I I love it like and, that's what uh,
1: just who played Timmy and Jurassic
0: Park he did he did, <laughs> yes. uh, but like all these like big big stars have now come on to do great things. Like, I've always I've
1: always said Justin Tiber, like is one of the most talented people like in our generation and living today, um, and I say that
0: mainly because of oh the social network the social network yeah, yeah. you know like what?
1: his role as Sean Parker like just blew
0: me out of the water. You know what's not cool a million million dollars dollars. you know what is cool cool. a billion billion dollars dollars. uh again this movie is so quotable i can't wait to uh, uh stand over your shoulder and watch you write us a check we will sue his ass in federal court.
2: Uh,
0: I, I could quote this movie all day. And, like, that's because of Aaron Sorkin's, like, zippy dialogue and zippy script. And I love Aaron Sorkin. He's back.
1: Like, he's back from the West Wing. He's,
0: yeah. yeah. And, like, this movie had no right to be as interesting and as good as it was. No, it didn't. And that is in part because of Aaron Sorkin's, like, excellent script and... And which pairs perfectly with David Fincher's stylized directing uh, with, like, inspired casting. Like, the perfect, perfect casting where everyone just, like, works well together uh, to deliver
1: this, like, Shakespeare-like... The score was Trent Reznor, right? Trent Reznor and Atticus Atticus Ross. Ross.
0: The best score of the decade. I Mm -hmm. still listen to the score in 2019 on the regular. Yeah. On the regular uh in motion hand covers bruise uh fantastic like the best the best songs and i know people i know i love movie scores and listen to movie scores regularly but this is the social network is still the only movie that i know where people who don't listen to movie scores listen to that score mm. like they they love the social network score like people talk about it still Uh nine years later and it's just like it's so so strong and it's most like wow movie of the year <laughs> or movie of the year that year and of the decade and guy every, ge- every time i go back there's like something else i find to absolutely love yeah it's it's a great great perfect movie cool almost was my number one
1: almost well that's why it's my number two. Well, we're getting to my number two now. Yeah. So. Okay, when I think of the twenty tens, The Social Network is one of I think of, but however, another one that comes out that year that came out of the year. Inception. Uh,
0: <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> definitely just not. It. Um
1: no. Was a throwback to my childhood. Um and they did it perfectly. Toy Story three. Yes, um, I think Toy Story three is the greatest Pixar movie that has ever come out, and rightfully so, it deserved a Best Picture nomination. That is the it. one that it got, uh, it was the second movie, second animated movie to get a Best Picture nomination after Beauty and the Beast in 1993, um, and then the following year up got a nomination as well. Um, I think Toy Story three defines or doesn't define but it is a perfect um it's a perfect combination of a movie for adults and kids actually when um when you're looking at the rotten tomatoes this uh anthony quinn from um the independent has a great quote um it takes a kind of genius to combine a children's movie for grown-ups and a grown-ups movie for children in one glittering Digimated package. Yet the folks at Pixar have done it time and time again, and I think Toy Story oh, three it gave is, me chills. Yeah, and I think uh, Toy Story three is a uh, just just the perfect culmination of of that. I um, yeah, I I I don't have enough good things to say about it. I when I heard they were making Toy Story three, I was a little hesitant, and because I love Toy Story one and Toy Story two so much. Toy Story one is um one of the only movies I've ever given five stars to, and Toy Story three is like my my fourth or fifth five star movie i think it's perfect um i love the combination of the new characters meeting the old and the transition from the old to the new um toy story three is the first movie that has ever made me cry from beginning middle and end um at the toy story three starts um from the very beginning singing you've got a friend in me um kind of cutting in and out uh, of Andy's um, childhood bedroom, him playing with the toys as he's growing up. Um, And you kind of think of your childhood and you think of growing up with these, not only these toys, but these characters and you're growing up with him. um, And it's time for him to move and go away to college. Um, Just as well, when I, when I saw this, I just come out of college, but we're close in age. We're very similar in age. And so I really resonated with, with him. Like, leaving home, leaving your childhood, and moving into adulthood. Um, so this is a movie about about transitioning into uh, being a grown-up, um, learning to let go of your past and embrace your future. Um, and I just think, I, I don't know how they do it at Pixar. I don't know how they write these movies. I don't know what geniuses they get to come in the room, but like they just do it time and time again. And I just, I, I love it. I just get chills thinking about it, and I, I tear up. Thinking about it and thinking about the ending when Woody's just saying goodbye to Andy. Um, and he just, like, says, like, so long, partner, as Andy's driving off. And um, he's found a new home, and he's found new toys and new friends. Um, yeah. I There's nothing wrong with this movie.
0: So what I'm about to say is, like, very corny. Um, but there's a sort of... Sin- sentimentality to corniness because they kind of ring true not kind of they do Mm -hmm. so uh the there's a popular saying that says um it's not about the destination it's like about the friends you make along the way (laughs) you know it's about the journey and that is like what toy story 3 really represents for me too so you know, there's that famous scene in the incinerator. Oh, where, God, yeah. You know, like, I'm starting to tear up thinking <laughs> yeah. about it, but, you know, where they're all the toys are kind of, like, holding hands together because, like, this is it, this is the end, but, like, I want to be with you. Like, I, like yeah. I'm like. i glad I'm with you. I'm glad I'm with you here at the end of all and, things, yeah. And it's like, ugh. And they don't even say anything. They don't even say anything. They just hold hands and like showing that like on screen is something that you could not embody in a book mm-hmm. sort of way it's 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 the visual it's aspect visual. Yeah. of it and like this is like to the strength of film and filmmaking yeah and to see that happen on screen is just so so deeply moving and that's like on top of like everything that you said about growing up and transitions and you know loving like aspects of your childhood and looking forward to the future and and what other generations have to bring to the table like bonnie yeah so exactly it's um it kind of merges all of those together like so well and so interesting and funnily too like this isn't like a depressing movie <laughs> like no, it's, it's not a depressing. movie it's
1: very happy but it's just oh it's just full so of tears moving. so moving yeah. and so full of, especially especially for people our age and like you know as like the stories were true grown men were crying yeah. in the movie theater but
0: like I think yes it's like Rightfully true so. it's true for our age too but I think these are timeless stories yeah. I think like yeah. you could be just as moved in 2010 watching this movie as you would have been in 1950 yeah so
1: but I think um the difference between the difference with that is that the first two came out when when yeah. we were younger and this I think it, it had the impact it did because of the timing of its release yeah
0: the same way like the like I just mentioned about boyhood yeah like, like uh, I am of that age yeah so like it, it has a stronger sort of yeah. resonance. yeah and Not I, I don't think you. it would
1: have had the same impact if it came out like two years after toy story 2 did so yeah i just i think it's great i think it was perfectly timed and perfectly done and it's just perfect all around perfectly perfect in every way yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) agreed agreed i I adore toy story 3
1: all right so that's (sighs) 10 through 2 oh my god
0: okay so we ready for number ones or did you want to Let's I think I think it's time wrangle. to throw in some
1: honorable mentions some of honorable the decade. Mentions. We won't spend too long on it before we get to our number one, but
0: yeah. Uh, so, like, just kind of just for fun, listing yeah. them. Yeah, just yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so I'll just like give out uh, a few too. My um, my honorable mentions would be uh, the movies Inception. So, okay. Oh god. Sorry. I hate that movie. Yeah. Oh, but if you god. had to have an alternate 2010 movie, I would put Black Swan in there. Okay. Uh uh the movie Life of Pi from 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh the movie Wolf of Wall Street from 2013 yeah. would be in there. Uh Drive from 2011 and Roma from 2018. Yeah, those are some good In ones. no, like, particular, no order. particular order. Yeah. <laughs> like, those yeah. are just kind of random. With the exception
1: of Inception, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did, like, a top 50. I'm obviously not going to read all my 50, um, but I'm just kind of, like, list a few that we haven't mentioned. Obviously, like, some that you've talked about um, are in my top 50, so, like, Parasite and Gravity. Um, but there's, like, a few that um, really stand out to me that I love um, that really define the decade. Um. So, uh, speaking of Disney Pixar like Coco, I love Coco. Oh, yeah. Um I think the post is phenomenal. Um
0: I oh, I'm surprised that's,
2: yeah.
1: that's not. Yeah. Well, I'm Um I was thinking about putting in my top 10, but, mm. I, don't but think, again, I don't think like, it's, we're splitting yeah. hairs. Yeah, we're like splitting it doesn't hairs, matter. Yeah. Um I love Trainwreck with Amy Schumer. I think it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um A Star is Born, Rogue One a Star Wars story. Um I put Lady Bird in in, in there. Um I so one movie I love from the 2010s is uh, it didn't get a lot of love, but it's called The Way Way Back. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's really funny. If you haven't seen it with Alice and Janie it's so good. Um, so yeah, and like some other ones like The Help and Bridesmaids and Silver Linings Playbook. There so Skyfall.
0: Oh um, yeah, Skyfall would yeah. be somewhere yeah. in there <laughs> yeah. in that.
1: Um, and I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but my number 50 is Jurassic World. <laughs>
0: I, well, I love well Jurassic World. I, I I know you like the second one but I, I stand up for the second one. <laughs> I will
1: I will defend the first one until I'm blue in the face, but I just think it's great. I think it's a fun movie to watch. So another one I had that you and I love is a young adult. <laughs> oh my just... god
0: young adult is so funny and I think <laughs> I about that I watched it again
1: the other day and I was cracking up the scene where she's on the Blackberry by herself at the diner is like, yep. or the bar is just like I lose it every time uh, I one feel of the so bad
0: every time days. I drink straight from a two liter of coke oh, like okay. I think about young adult and yeah. I'm like I hate that I do this yeah. and <laughs> they did in young adult <laughs> and it's like so true it's something that everyone does but so no one talks about on every level
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you can see my full list. We'll post our full list. Yeah, and uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, like fifty movies to tie down fifty movies for the a decade is like very, very difficult.
1: It took a long time, but I, mean, I did it. I yeah, to, so. yeah. And to show you up, so
0: oh, to do fifty, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do fifty-one. <laughs> <laughs> fine. fine, that's fine. I actually don't know if I can think of fifty-one, <laughs> but it's probably gonna be much fewer than fifty because yeah. it's too hard for me.
1: All right, so without further ado, Ready? let's get to it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So my number one movie of the decade is Call Me By Your Name. Oh, of course. Oh, I <laughs> knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Yeah. For uh, I, sh- I didn't
1: even like... Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Call Me By Your Name. I'm just going to leave. Uh, yeah, you just have it. <laughs> <laughs> just have it, and I'm... <clears throat> I'll be back in like 10 minutes
0: to talk about, I'm, this is going to be a monologue of me for how much I love. Call me by your name. Yeah, Okay. Go ahead. From 2017. Uh, so there are some books that are so special to you that you don't really want to see a movie version of them, but not only do I think call me by your name, the movie is better than the book, which is a bold statement. I know. Uh, I think it's able to add elements to the story that turns it into an all-time classic. Uh, So, movies at their very heart are really about emotions and feeling, and Call Me By Your Name taps into the psyche of being in love for the first time, and the rush of passion, of lust, of intellect, and of closeness. Like no film I've seen before. And it makes me feel alive. And it's about hopefulness and mystery. And like Timothy Chalamet's embodiment of the character Alio is so phenomenal and is great, great physical acting. And what he's able to convey with his body without speaking is so incredible. And Army Hammer is a dreamboat of perfection, and he's like so smart and he's like, handsome as Oliver. Also, my top two movies both have Army Hammer in them, so I'll get into like my experiences. So my the first time that I saw this movie was such a special experience for me too. Uh, I saw it in New York, and I don't live in New York or LA. And although I'm very honored to see advanced screenings to movies sometimes, uh, other times you just can't. And I saw this movie on its opening week of release, and its opening week was only released in New York and L.A. As sometimes these things happen. Uh, and it was such an honor to see it in New York uh, with someone like by my side who is not familiar with the story at all. And he was just as moved as I was. So I know this wasn't just me (laughs) and just my experiences. uh, But the ending of this movie really tears at my heartstrings. I was ugly crying for the entire last 30 minutes of this movie without exaggeration. I have felt heartbreak like that in real life. And it comes back in full full force. Uh, from the from the very scene where Oliver and Alio leave each other, and Alio's dad's speech is the most loving monologue I've ever seen on screen, and that's why I say this movie is so hopeful because it's like a reminder that love and life go on, and that it's better to have loved and lost than to have not loved at all, and it's like a reminder that i need constantly (laughs) in my real life uh and it's it just really is something that can tap into my body the way that other movies can't and i find call me by your name to be pure poetry and is unquestionably my best film of the decade that's it. Well, how am I on top of that? Jeez. It's it's a it's a very special movie to me, yeah. and it's the specialness of it is like what makes film so important, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Very moving. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. It's mm. yeah. great. Was, I I, I obvi- yeah. obviously love this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: I'm not gonna. We'll just edit there. That was that was beautiful um so my number one movie of the decade um really defines i think i believe a generation of human beings us millennials um in ways that no other screenwriter i think can do that um and i am obviously speaking about the movie, The Social Network. Yes! Um, I was really, really hoping that you and I were going to have the same number one. Oh, I was so close to... it. But then I forgot about Call Me By Your
2: Name. (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. Um, (laughs) The Social Network speaks to me in no other way like any other movie has in the past ten years. Um, I just... I don't even know, like, where to begin. I think... um, To me, in my my point of view, growing up uh, into young adulthood and into adulthood, we were really the Facebook generation. We were the first ones to embrace the internet. We were the first ones um, to connect to others virtually. And the story behind the way a generation connects, um, told by a story writer and a screenwriter, that is just flawless. Um, it just, I am, I was beyond, I was moved beyond words after I saw the social, after I saw this movie. Um, I think it takes such, I, Aaron Sorkin takes such complex characters, um, and writes them in a way and writes their dialogue and the characters in such a way that no other person can. Um, he has scenes he directs uh scenes are directed um scenes are directed in 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 ways that just speak to me and and again not only um like you said there are scenes that tug at my heartstrings there are scenes um that just like like i said just define a generation um and the way the way the characters i the way i see it is the way these characters are connected in real life um it's it's mirroring how how we connect on online um so the different personalities meshing together um the different just the different people and the different and 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 in this environment um that is harvard harvard um
0: college oh yeah
1: um And how people are just so sucked in, um, by money and greed, um, I just, I think Sean Parker and Justin Timberlake, who playing Sean Parker, really, uh, defines what new money is, um, and what capitalism is, um, and really... I, and I'm not talking about the good side of it. I'm talking about the, the very negative side of what capitalism can do, or it can be. Um, so, and also, <laughs> Army Hammer as the Winkle Y is...
0: <laughs> the wink The eye. are did, perfect. You said uh, that without hesitation. Yeah. The Winkle y. <laughs>
1: Um. <laughs>
0: which is the movie that... The, I, this movie defined that term.
1: Yeah. Um, created it. Yes, so. um, I don't know how to... I'm trying to... I don't know how to be as, like in depth and i i love my number one movie of the decade um it speaks to me it speaks to generation i don't love it i love it differently than why you love call me by your name um but i think the social network is one of the most important movies that has ever been made um and i don't think anything will ever be made like it again so
0: so the reason that I love The Soak Network, and obviously it's my number two and it's this close to being my number yeah. one, is because it is the movie that defines the decade, right? Yeah, it exactly embodies me. the 2010s that no other movie can because of the Facebookness of it all and like the way that we seek out other experiences... Without actually like interacting with them, and yeah. the kind of the perils of that, mirror, it's yeah, it mirrors, yeah, another cautionary tale, and like the hopes, like the the good things that Facebook brings and the bad things too, all embodied in the story of Mark Zuckerberg, right? And mm-hmm. it's that is able to come across screen like so perfectly <laughs> well yeah. too like you said because of the script yeah and because of the performances uh and like I I don't think we'll ever see a movie like it quite the same way again and it's like that that movie defines the 2010s mm-hmm. because of how how it's played out on screen yeah i think
1: yeah um i almost i want to say like i really like it almost what am i trying to say it almost seems like mark zuckerberg is surrounded and i think this is so well done um by each character by different characters representing kind of like the seven deadly sins um oh that's
0: an interesting interesting take i would love Um, to watch this again and see that yeah so uh advisor.
1: Uh, yeah, and I'm and I and I'm I it's it's hard for me to like like sit here and like pinpoint exactly who is what in each but um if you go and watch it, you can kind of see how like each one impacts him and shapes him who he is like at the end of the the story. So
0: Oh no, that's yeah. that's super fascinating to, to think about. Mm-hmm. Like I I oh, could read a whole paper on this. Movie, oh yeah, like, like no problem. I mean, and this is why it's so great too, because I you just said it was like the seven deadly sins, like a mm-hmm. well, well researched topic and like a timeless sort of topic. I compared it to Shakespeare. Yeah like this movie goes above and beyond. Like we're, we're talking beyond hyperbole yeah, yeah. <laughs> here too. And like, I think it's, I think it fits in, in those definitions. Like it's, it's up there with all those works. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I will say the social network being what it is, culmination of everything I've ever seen in this decade the Social Network is One of my Favorite movies of all time And it is perfect So
0: Yeah It's still a travesty That it didn't yeah. win Best Picture <sighs> Don't even I Didn't want to Bring that don't up even get me started It is an awards podcast yeah. too So uh, It's so bold Like And The King's Speech is great But
1: Like The King's Speech is fine
0: it, It's great But the The Social Network is Is a classic Was mm-hmm. an instant classic Yeah the way that the games
1: when you think like. of movies from 2010, like yeah. you'll think, yeah. yeah, agreed. So, um, yeah, so that's my number one,
0: yeah. Well, so that's it, we're closing out the decade now, yeah. right? Yep, well, at least want to thanks to everyone who's tuned in for the past decade thanks of our show <laughs> which has only existed for four months but it's been a long four months <laughs> but we digress yes. yeah uh I've enjoyed every step of the way me too yeah it's not about the destination it's about the journey it's about the friends said, you make really. along the way yes
1: so uh yes and, thank you so much and,
0: and Matt you've got a friend in me oh <laughs> um
1: So thank you so much for being on this journey, uh, like he said, and just Happy New Year to you all. Happy New Year to you all. We'll see you in the new year and with our special episodes um, as we start diving right on into awards season. Yeah,
0: I can't wait for the Roaring Twenties.
2: Here we go. Let's do it.
0: Bye, everyone. Bye.